the light treason news, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined for this weekly recap by Eric. Oh, that's right. I'm back. How's it going? Uh, it's going, you know, uh, pretty good. Yeah. I'd say pretty good. I feel pretty good feels like a safe, like nothing bad's going on. I wouldn't say it's great. I like to say meh. Yeah. Feels eh. non-committal. You know. Not lying to anyone. I'm alive. I'm still in grand jury service, everyone, and I cannot talk about the myriad of cases. We're almost done, right? Tomorrow's my last day. Ooh, Oh, yes. yeah. Spoiler alert, everyone. We're recording this on a Thursday. Yeah. As per usual, because I get out of grand jury service very late, yeah. and then I have a show. Yeah. I've got Boogie Manja right after that. Wow. So, yeah, that's another thing. We get out of grand jury service, and everyone's been like, Wow. I'm so glad I get to go home right now. <laughs> and I'm like, I have a three-hour rehearsal. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> oh, th- my day is just getting it's started. Just, I, that yeah. was my warm-up, baby. Yeah. Hearing about murder. This, this was my free time. Yeah. This was like, this is when I have to do things during the day. And I know what everyone's thinking, where it's like, Allison, you're a true crime nut. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't you love grand jury service? Yeah. I'm here to tell you it's very different when they're real people <laughs> and they're playing videos of the crime right in front of you. Oh, my God. Very graphic videos. Yeah. Very upsetting videos. People are crying in front of you as they testify. It's very emotionally draining. Oh, boy. I feel like we should get some kind of counseling, <laughs> but we don't. Uh-huh. Sometimes they give us a little extra uh, longer lunch break, which is nice. But yeah. doesn't do anything for the emotional and mental scarring. Maybe that's why everyone has. Maybe that's why everyone has started their own uh, true crime podcast. They're just trying to like work Process. through all the things there, they so saw in jury duty. All the true crime podcast hosts are former grand jury, jurists? grand jury or trial jury. Okay, interesting theory. Yeah, and then they're just like, I've got to work through. I'm never gonna be the same, so I have to work through sure. the, you know, the this insane stuff I saw. Well, that's true. I am never gonna be the same for yeah. sure. <laughs> I'm already having nightmares about some of the cases, but I absolutely refuse to spend another week talking about grand jury <laughs> service. So let's get into our recce wrecks while Ooh, we're in the pop culture section. So I gotta start. With the Netflix Firefest documentary. Oh my fucking God. Oh man. I'll go on record as recommending both of them. So the general consensus seems to be, and but when I say general consensus, I mean the people I follow on Twitter and Mm -hmm. like the top, like the ranking lists of documentaries to watch on Netflix and Hulu. The general consensus seems to be that the Netflix one's better. I think the Netflix one, we uh, we can get into more detail. I'll just lay out my very quick thoughts. Sure. I think the Netflix one is a better documentary. I think it's mo- I think it's more well made. Is that a phrase? More so well. I made? saw someone tweet. Did they do all of the Hulu interviews at? Katie tweeted that at, at Simple Studios. Simple yeah, Studios. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> I think it's more. I think the Netflix one is more well made. I will say this about the Hulu one. It's got its problems. Apparently, and I didn't find this out until afterwards. After I'd said nice things about it. Apparently, Hulu paid billy mcfarland to do an interview so you actually get an interview in the hulu one with billy it's a little weird at times it's ethically sketchy too yeah to pay for an interview right so that one's weird now i didn't find their interview in the hulu one to be very like kids glovey they ask him like point blank intense questions Mm -hmm. about like his fraud now he 
basically doesn't answer most of the time. Sure. And then they just kind of like film him sitting there like staring off into space. <laughs> I can uh, visualize that. I don't really need to see yeah, it. Yeah. So uh, that that part's weird. But I thought the Hulu one did a the the Netflix one does a, is very thorough about the entire festival. Mm-hmm. The Hulu one is pretty thorough, but I think does a better job. I think it goes more into detail about like influencer culture mm-hmm. and like how this whole thing happened, <laughs> you know, because of right. like influencer culture. Because essentially what they did was, in case you haven't seen the documentaries and you don't know anything about Firefest and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Essentially what Billy McFarlane did was he got like a handful of really popular Instagram models to create buzz about the Firefest. Yep. Um, when everyone knew nothing about uh-huh. it. They just knew that these hot ladies were posting about Firefest right. and people spent a shitload of money to go to Firefest and then of course it was a disaster. Yep. And also something that's since come out since both of these documentaries came out is because in the Hulu one they do a big deep dive not a deep dive, but they, they go into detail about he hired a PR company called Fuck Jerry, which is like a social media PR mm-hmm. company that like made memes and somehow has turned that into a million dollar business doing PR on the internet. Mm-hmm. But they don't really talk about that in the Netflix one. And mm. you find out because Fuck Jerry made the Netflix documentary Ooh. or were like involved in the making so of the Netflix. So many thing. sketchy ethical so things, things happening. Or I should say unethical things yeah. happening. But yeah, I thought the, I thought the, I think you should watch both of them. I will. At, fine, I'll get a Hulu subscription. <laughs> I've been dodging it for so long. Yeah. I'll do it, everybody. <laughs> So, also, I recommend, I finally got to see, speaking of Netflix, because it's on Netflix right now, The Assassination of Gianni Versace. I need to watch that. We were just talking about that at work. so fucking good. And I was so hesitant to watch it. I had Mike Drucker on the show a a while ago. I remember that interview. Yeah. I remember he was was freaking out about it. He was so into it. And I was like, I, I really obviously respect Mike's taste. So, I was like... Okay, but I'm very wary of Ryan Murphy mm. because um, he's not good <laughs> at things <laughs> right. and he ruins things uh-huh. for me. Uh, but then I found out Tom Rob Smith wrote it mm. and I was like, ooh, okay. Yeah. I like Child 44. Sure. I like London Spy. I know the ending had problems. Don't tweet me. Um, but I thought it had potential then kind of went off the rails. So I was like, ooh, if he wrote it. And also... That story really plays into Ryan Murphy's strengths uh-huh. um, as a director. Right. Where it's like, it's about Versace and Andrew Cunanan. And so, like, it can be very over the top and theatrical, and it doesn't mm. ruin the production. Right. Um, so, oh, man. And Darren Chris, who I do not like and exhausts me when I watch his interviews <laughs> and his acceptance speeches. Mm-hmm. And uh, congratulations on deciding you're not going to play gay anymore once you won the Golden Globe. Right, right, right. Um, is so good in it, so good. Oh, nice. So, if I'm saying that, yeah, you know, it's real. I should watch it. It's really good. I love. You know what I really love about it? The way it humanizes all of the victims. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Like you get their f- pretty much full biography, mm-hmm. uh, which I can't say many true crime shows do right it's usually like a heavy focus on the killer and of course andrew kunanen is the star of the show basically well i mean yeah him and versace i mean honestly i hate to say it i i I, like i don't mean to come off callous but in most true crime things the killer is the interesting part right but not really in this case i mean andrew kunanen is very interesting and there's something that is so disturbing about pathological liars. Right. And they yeah, really yeah. get into that and like why he is that way. 
but also all of his victims were really fascinating in different ways. Yeah, yeah. And it was also like they sort of represented different moments of the zeitgeist. Like one of the guys he killed, I don't think this is a spoiler, uh, a spoiler, but one of his victims was a friend of his who was a guy who had come out during Don't Ask, Don't Tell in the military. Yeah. And he was actually one of the guys they used in the televised interviews where they, like, blur out their faces. Right. He was one of those guys. Oh, wow. So, like, that was all happening. Yeah. And then there's this moment where they're interviewing one of Andrew's friends, and he's like, the only reason you care about Andrew Cunanan is he killed Versace. Right. You didn't care about him when he killed these other gay men. Of course. So that was super interesting. So yeah, that I, is I highly recommend it. You need to watch that. Um, and that's it for me. Do you have anything? Uh, I mean, I also, like I said, would recommend both of the Firefest. I love, man, I love scams. I just love scams like and reading like, about them. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I like the when they when I found out there were two different documentaries about Firefest. I was like, yes. Oh, this I was is my time to shine. So happy. I was sitting in grand jury service, like, just get through this so you can go home and watch <laughs> the Firefest there's, documentary. There's a new podcast by ABC. Uh, I don't know how to stream it other than just going to their website, but it's called The Dropout, and they're doing like a deep dive into Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes. Oh, yeah. Oh, so into it. I love it. I love, I love, I love me some scams. There's going to uh, be a movie about that, right? Yeah. Jennifer I think Lawrence? It, I, yes. Yeah. And I think it just premiered or oh, did is it? Like, or maybe there's another documentary about God. I hope it didn't premiere because I've heard nothing about yeah, it. Yeah, something. Uh, what's the film festival going on right now? Sundance. Sundance happening yes. right now. Yes. I think something about Elizabeth Holmes is at Sundance because I saw like a little maybe a documentary. Yeah, yeah, maybe another documentary. But uh, other than that, I've just been like really just I'm like six seasons deep in a Shark Tank. Oh God. I've, just, I've 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 committed to making it all the way through to get current. So I'm just like. Really, really trudging through. Well, we have a little bit of extra time, so I wanted to read uh, a little bit from my Patreon questions. I love it. So just to remind everyone, I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Kilkenny. And if you sign up at the $5 a month level, you get to send questions that will answer on Light Trees and News. $10 a month, you get to do the online hangouts which I think the next one that we're going to do is February 3rd. That's the Super Bowl. Um, I didn't know that until just now. And I'm thinking maybe do the hangout in the PM. Would that work for everybody? Or are you like already committed to going to Super Bowl parties? I feel like that's not my audience. <laughs> I feel like you're going to be home and maybe the Super Bowl will be on in the background, but you're also like, I talked to my online friends uh-huh. while yeah. I'm watching the sports. So let me know if that's a terrible idea. Hashtag light trees and pod. The Super Bowl is just like a good excuse to eat a lot of snacks without judgment. I'm the awful person who's like, I want to see the commercials. I like the commercials. Because they're like little stories. Yeah. And I know capitalism's bad and it's destroying the world and like, killing us all. I like the commercials. Usually I like the halftime show. This year it seems like it's going to be pretty bad. I feel like Beyonce ruined the halftime mm-hmm. because well, you Prince. can't be better than Beyonce. Yeah. I'm... I liked Beyonce more than Prince. Sorry. Mm, really? Wow. Sorry. Wow. Sorry. I thought it was better. I thought like it was Prince. better. But I would pe- I would put it Beyonce and then Prince. Yeah. Uh, and it's hard. You're not going to top that. Yeah, you can't top. You can't top that. You're not Beyonce. I'll give like yeah. If you take both of those, you, who's gonna who's gonna top Beyonce or Prince? You're not going to. No. Don't. No. Are you fucking thinking about trying to top <laughs> Prince and or Beyonce? Yeah. 
You can't. You egotistical fuck. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. So the first, Esteban really just ran with it and asked a million questions. It's okay, Esteban. They also apologized. And listen, you don't have to apologize. All right. I'm eager to hear your thoughts with any co-host. Wow. Erica could have been anyone. Wow. Literally anyone. Thanks for the support, Esteban. On Bandersnatch, Black Mirror, thank you for the... (laughs) The clarification, especially (laughs) (laughs) because Netflix is drunk on the success of it and is talking about adding choose your own adventure to other Netflix originals. Like, oh, my God, could you imagine if BoJack Horseman had a choose your own adventure function? So, first of all, I don't think Netflix is going to do that to any of their originals. No, Uh, I know they already do it with some kids shows, which is how they came up with the idea for Bandersnatch. Mm -hmm. Uh, They pitched it to Charlie and he really liked the idea. But it's not. This is a Netflix decision. It, the creators of the show have to make it that way, right? Yes, but Netflix had the meeting with Charlie. Oh, and, I see. I see. And Black I see. Mirror gotcha. and and pitched it and gotcha. Okay. They wanted to do something interactive, and he was receptive to the idea. It feels so labor intensive. Oh, it is bananas. If you watch the behind the scene footage of like they thought it would be relatively straightforward, and then when they actually started to map it out, they were like, "Oh my god, what have we done?" Yeah. <laughs> and they probably could have gone even further with it. Uh-huh. But so people didn't go insane, they sort of cut it off. Um so I thought it was cool. I know some people thought it was sort of gimmicky and my only criticism of it was I think the intent was to be fully immersive, uh-huh. but inherently a choose your own adventure where you have to like, the show pauses yeah. and then you have to click, like it takes you out of it. Well, I, an interesting thing about Bandersnatch that I saw somebody bring up that I had not thought about until I read about it was that they were like, you know, it's funny, like everybody's raving about Bandersnatch, but like it's a video game. Yeah, and like not and like people uh, shit on video games. Like that's like, like you're basically playing a video game. It's yeah, the same kind of. But function. I would actually argue. I think v- video games at their apex right now are more advanced than Bandersnatch. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's sort of like a watered a worse, down. Yeah, yeah, like a worse video game. Yeah, and that like uh, I love the cast. I thought the cast was great. Um, and I thought the story was interesting. I thought there were really funny moments. Like, you can have him fight his therapist. You can throw him off the balcony. Like, there are very funny uh, options where the show sort of, like, gives you the side eye. And they're like, really? You want to choose uh-huh. that? <laughs> you sick fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, of course, I went back and I had to play every variation. So it took me four hours to get Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I was that. Uh, person you know what's you know what i would prefer instead of another bandersnatch is like do you remember so you obviously remember i know you do but Mm. the listeners out there remember the movie clue yes of course one of the best movies of all time of course um well so if you've ever watched it like on tv you probably know that when you get to the end it goes through a cycle of like five ending five or six everybody who could have done it yeah yeah so what when it actually when it actually came out in theaters, what they did was every time they showed it, it got a different ending. Is that true? Yes. Wow. So, so everybody who watched it did That's not get... That's brilliant. Everybody who watched it did not get the same ending. And it, also it incentivizes you to go back. Exactly, yeah. That's Once really you find smart. out, because I don't even think they knew there was multiple endings until like multiple people saw it and they were talking about it and it was like, 
oh, that's not how it ended. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it ended this way. Also, movies were cheaper back then. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I exactly, feel like now yeah. if you did that to people, they'd be like, fuck you, I'm not spending <laughs> money again to see this. Yeah. And of course, it would be leaked online. Right, too. yeah, of course. watch it there. But I like, I like that. Like, I would, pr- I would love it if a, if a Netflix, instead of a choose-your-own-adventure, if Netflix was like, uh, there's like eight versions of this movie. Who knows which one you're going to get? Yeah, well, there's really interesting stuff where... Apparently in Bandersnatch, there's a hidden um, code that like there's like a noise that when you translate it to numbers is a code like one of those codes, uh, QVC code. Yeah. Um, and that unlocks the game that the character is programming in Bandersnatch. So they have like really deep Easter eggs like that, which okay. is cool. That's cool. Uh, I like I like alternate reality game stuff yeah and black mirror is really good at that like there's a bunch of easter eggs in bandersnatch of prior black mirror episodes right right which is cool i love black mirror so much i can't wait till the rest of the season comes out yeah yeah um super psyched i'm glad they posted that earlier because it gave us right. a little taste and it was so dense in itself i feel yeah, like we yeah. needed time with it yeah um so esteban also writes i have a political co- p- political question too I'm wondering if Allison and co-hosts, that's God, you, Eric, Jesus. and cats, okay, can get more granular about your visions for what we want during this moment of progressive policy debate in the Democratic primaries, especially since we have a rare opportunity to push those visions into mainstream politics. I'm thinking like a Green New Deal, but more specifically, progressive talking points often focus on expanding democracy in a civic sense, OBS important but not as much on economic democracy. What are your visions for worker ownership and corporations, nationalization of infrastructure and public banks, community-owned utilities, and worker co-ops? Eric, go. I mean, (laughs) all of that stuff, I guess. (laughs) I I mean, Esteban, you should run for office. (laughs) Yeah, all of that stuff sounds good. I I, I think, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh... I mean, if you're asking like my personal opinion, uh, like of a, like a utopia or like what I want, I mean, maybe like full of communism. Like, well, like, like realistically for yeah, I mean the agenda. I feel like our our most popular ideas uh, around which we could generate the most amount of support are probably Medicare for all and a new Green Deal. Yeah, Green New Deal. What did I say? New Green New Deal? Green Deal. Green New Deal. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, both. A yeah, new Green sure. Deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think those are two. I mean, those are both, those both have the benefit of, I know this sounds gross, but like those both have the benefit of like having a snappy, catchy name. And I think they're <laughs> ideas that people are already familiar yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. Like everybody knows what Medicare is. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows what the New Deal was and they know mm-hmm. green is good. It's the environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think more and more people are recognizing that climate change is real and serious. Yeah. And people who previously were in denial or like, if you're a farmer, n- you are feeling it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we could probably have like the broadest coalition yeah. supporting it. So yeah, that would be... And I know, you know, um, ACO has been... Uh, banging that drum already. AOC. Oh, did I do it again? <laughs> oh my God, you guys, I'm so tired. <laughs> AOC, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. To be fair, when you said it, I had to like say it in my head. I was like, AOC. Oh my God. Uh. I I feel weird saying that because I also don't feel like 
enough people know what mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a Twitter shorthand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Um, but anyway, she like already has been very passionate about that, and yeah. like young people are very excited. Uh, so I feel like that, and yeah. Yeah, I think those are the two biggest like policy. You here's what I've uh, learned, like just like reading through history and just like what it seems to me. You can't do too much at once because it'll just everything will go to shit. Like sure, you like I think if you fo- if you had a Democratic Party that focused exclusively on Medicare for all and a Green New Deal, that would be enough for me. Mm-hmm. I think if you just focused on those two things, like. W- this is what we're going to focus on right now mm-hmm. and like getting these things done that would be enough i think those two are going to be so hard to get done. i mean you saw how hard it was just to get the affordable care act done mm-hmm. and like that was you know a democratic party with all three like all three like houses of of, of congress like the two houses of congress and the presidency working full full steam ahead look working on literally nothing else right the whole time and it was a fight and it was a slog and it's still like they got a watered down version that what has some good things in it but also is not that great so i like if we can just focus on those two things right now in, in terms of like realistic policy goals i think that would be the two great things hell yeah and what do you guys think hashtag light trees and pod you can also at eric since he is the co-host yeah at me not just a random do it cowards at me at me esteban uh uh, i also will say too i I, you know in august i went to sweden for a month Mm -hmm. and like brag 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 i don't know everything I i just had this like sense of like walking around like everything just felt nice yeah, because they're not constantly in terror and panic. I just like everything is like they were like my grandfather was like explaining to me how all of their like clean energy systems work. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is amazing. Have you ever had someone from a different country ask you like, uh, I have a friend who's from the UK and he was like, like, what do you do if you don't have insurance and you get sick? <laughs> and I was like, oh, you die yeah. or you go bankrupt. Mm-hmm. And he was like. And that's for everybody? Yeah. And yeah, I was like, yeah. yeah. And he was like, why aren't there mass riots in the street? And I was like, well, everybody's real busy because we yeah. all have 12 jobs. <laughs> well, and everybody's real sleepy at uh-huh, the end of the day. Yep. So no energy for rioting. Yeah. My grandfather from Sweden actually came to visit the, like, literally the week of the big, like, the, the like, fights in Congress about the Affordable mm-hmm. Care Act when they were trying to get it passed, when they were having all those, like, showdowns in Congress mm-hmm. and they were, like, yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. And we were watching it on the TV, and my grandfather was just like, what are you guys talking about? Like, <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, well, they're trying to do this and this. And he was like, I don't understand. See, <laughs> like, the Republicans are trying to kill everybody. Yeah, uh-huh. The Democrats are like, please don't. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, guys, um, my friend just texted me to ask if I want to go to a midnight show at Hell's Kitchen, and I truly almost texted him go fuck yourself <laughs> <laughs> i'm so tired anyway guys it's that time of the show let's all hold hands and cry here is your bad news all 
All right, let's start with Brian Singer and this bananas profile in the Atlantic. Kudos whoever des- did like the the like design yeah. of the article. I, it is so menacing. Like you just pulled it up. I was like, oh. I actually I didn't read it on my computer. I read it on my phone. So uh-huh. this is the first time I'm seeing it, and it's real scary. <laughs> <laughs> it is a blood red background. Yeah, uh, Brian like, oh, Singer God. looks real creepy. Yeah. So it's an excellent profile. There's like over 50 sources confirming multiple allegations ranging from sexual misconduct, sexual harassment to rape. Well, that's not good. That's not great. It's bad. It's really yeah. bad. It's as about as bad as you can get. Yeah. Um. So obviously, like the main takeaway is that that culture of culpability, everybody knew about it. Um. You know, everybody was covering for him, not just the sexual misconduct uh, stuff, which is bad enough, but also Brian Singer's a fucking addict. Like, he's yeah. addicted to pills, and he's an alcoholic, and he's a fucking mess, and that was the main reason he got taken off of Bohemian Rhapsody. Not the fact that he has lawsuits filed against him by men who were boys when they met him, who were um, preyed upon by Brian Singer. Not for that reason, but the right. fact that he uh, wouldn't come out of his hotel room because he was a fucking mess. Right. Yeah, yeah. I remember reading those stories. And Rami Malik, who I love, is now trying to play it off as like, well, I got him taken off the movie because he's nominated for an Oscar now. Mm-hmm. So he's doing all of these interviews and people are asking him, like, what about Brian Singer? Like, do you have a comment about this, these allegations? And he was like, well, he was taken off of Bohemian Rhapsody. It's like, right, but not Uh for the right reason. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I mean, you could actually make the argument that being an alcoholic and being addicted to prescription pills or whatever he's addicted to is a sickness. And actually, maybe you should have supported someone. Well, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And also, like, we, you know, I don't mean to, I hope what I'm about to say does not encourage this behavior, but it's like, when people are drug addicts, but we like their art, we consider it part of their mythos. If we and glorify like, it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, people like like people always talk about like like that was like Dylan Thomas's whole thing was he drank himself to death, and right. that's like part of his like ooh, sexy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like ooh, yeah, he was a tortured artist. It's like we like it when we like their art, yeah. and it's like, but then like when we needed a convenient excuse, it's like oh, he's an addict, so we're kicking him off this movie. It's yeah. Like, I think if I could have two ideas die a fiery death, one would be that, that you have to be like a tortured art. Like you can't go on medication or go to therapy because it kills what makes you an artist. And the other would be that you have to be a fucking asshole to people to make good art. Right. I have to be the director who screams at people and makes them cry because right. I'm an artist. It's like, no, you don't have to do that. You're just a dick. Yeah. yeah and you yeah. happen to be like an artist on top of that. Yeah, right. But like, they're really nice artists who like work collaboratively and support each other and make yeah. great art. You sure. don't have to be a fucking asshole. Yeah, absolutely. That's your choice you're making. <laughs> <laughs> I will say too, like, like what I, I didn't, I have not read this full profile. I just read like stories about Brian Singer mm. and like, the more stuff like this comes out, like Brian Singer and Kevin Spacey and all that stuff, I'm like, yeah, I get why people believe in Pizzagate. Oh, sure. But here's the thing. It's not... I think we've talked about this before on the show. Yeah. But it's not like a democratic plot. No, no. It's not a democratic plot. It's, it's this gross, it's this insulated, elite, isolated like, yeah. club that 
cis white men have yeah where they are just powerful and their power goes unchecked and they're able to commit awful crimes for right. decades yeah i think we were talking about epstein you know. yeah yeah exactly like, but it's like trump you yeah, know like yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. doesn't it, it's not democratic or republican no no, no, no. it's just it's not, unchecked yeah, privilege yeah no no it's it's this you know it's yeah the wealthy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. elite yeah, I mean, if the Pizzagate people were like, uh, we're interested in present, uh, preventing kids from becoming uh, victims, regardless of who's victimizing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be very rational. <laughs> right, 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 right. But they, it's it's so weird because it's like you fantasize about this child sex ring that doesn't exist when shit like Brian Singer's rape parties were actually happening. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's ultimately my point. It's like they want to believe in this fake one. It's like, it, there's a real one. They're real. It's <laughs> yeah. happening. yeah. Uh yeah, oh god. So there, I really, really recommend everybody just read the profile in its entirety. But there's this awful moment. Like I forgot that he worked with Brad Renfro, mm, um, yeah. and oh god, yeah, the, one of the victims testifies that like Brad was in the room with them when uh bad sex stuff was happening. And then I had forgotten that he ultimately developed all kinds of drug and alcohol addictions and mm -hmm. he died. Yeah. And like some of these victims found each other at AA meetings. Right. And they call themselves Brian's boys. Oh, yeah. Like this part. dude is yeah. a fucking predator. He should never work in Hollywood again at he all. He should be in jail. He should, be, he, should be, he should be in prison. I really hope this profile is the thing that sinks him in the same way that I feel the R. Kelly documentary is finally gaining some traction with getting people to stop supporting R. Kelly. Yeah. The only thing that bugs me is just that, like, when stuff like this happens, like with the Kevin Spacey thing, the R. Kelly thing, it's just like, it's good that these stories come out and these guys get taken down, but it's like, you've also got to address all the other ones too. Sure. Which is like, you know what I mean? I always think about like, just cause it was a big story, I guess when I was like younger or when I was like a teenager, it's like, like the stuff that was done to like Corey Feldman and Corey Haim oh, yeah. and all that stuff, all this like really tragic stuff that everyone just knows about. It's yeah. just an open thing that people yeah. talk about with no consequences whatsoever, you know? Yeah. And, but I also feel like, I just hope this is leading to a larger thing of like rooting out all of it. Yeah. yeah. And I think it has to start somewhere. Yes, absolutely. So yeah. yeah, it is so sad when you think back to like, yeah, Corey Feldman for years was like, I'm a victim <laughs> yeah. and just nobody listened to him. Right. Um, and, and yeah, poor Brad Renfro, you know, like yeah, that I, poor kid, like wh I don't know if he had any support in right. his life, you know, that's, that's the, that's the big thing is I hope it's like, I, I just hate to see like, you know, when it's like the R. Kelly thing and it's like, well, R. Kelly is like a bad individual and then he gets taken down and it's kind of like, cool, you know, wipes off hands. Like we're done. Right. We're done here. It's like, no, no, no. That's got to be the start of a larger thing of like rooting yeah. out this whole culture of the, these things that are happening. I really hope, too, that, you know, not to place the onus on victims and victims' no. families, but I hope this is like a wake up call to the parents of child actors oh my God. to be yeah. like, um, you're not some kind of messiah figure because you're the director. Yeah. I am this child's parent. I will be around at all times. Yeah. You will never be alone with Absolutely my child. Not. <laughs> I no, will be on set yeah. all the time. Yeah. You know, just like to learn some lessons from 
because some of these fuckers are predators and you can't tell who's who because yeah. they can be very charming. Like apparently Brian Singer is a, a great charming guy. I'm sure he is. Um, very nice and personable, right. very funny. I'm sure all of that's true. He's also a fucking sex predator. Yeah, and they also like, they also just like all these, I think the reason that it manifests itself so much in Hollywood is because they're capitalizing on this like really like, this cultural thing where people want to be famous and they want to be rich and they want to be movie stars. And like right. that's that's why they're able to get away with all of it. I should say, too, like someone like Brian Singer, they deliberately groom boys who they know don't have that support system yeah, around exactly. them. Yeah, exactly. So, like, they look for people who right. come from broken homes of course. and don't have a protective parent to right. look out for them. Or a parent who will do anything to get their kid into a movie or right. something like that. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, so, I also wanted to talk about these little MAGA wieners. Ugh. Uh, who I'm sure you've all seen the video. I uh, feel like this happened eight years ago. I know. I, like I can't. It, I feel like I've lived in this story. <laughs> so uh, these kids who are from the Covington Catholic High School were where were they? They were at the Lincoln Memorial after the after the March for Life. Classic. So uh, they gathered there with their dumb little red MAGA hats and they surrounded a Native American elder named uh nathan phillips Phillips, thank you Mm -hmm. and nathan phillips was um banging a drum and uh chanting doing native american chants Mm -hmm. and uh these little fucking assholes surrounded him in a very threatening intimidating way and were making fun of him yeah and uh chanting stuff like build the wall which doesn't make a lot of sense when chanted at um an indigenous person who lived here before your ancestors invaded yeah yeah uh yeah there's a it's a, a crazy story i don't know if you've I watched say like nathan phillips lived here he's not immortal yeah right right uh important yeah, detail yeah um yeah, I think like I don't know. Have you watched like the longer videos of it? I, I I'm a masochist, so I watched like an entire two hour video. The people of it. who were like, you have to watch it for context. I was like, no, no, no. I understand the context. There are some there. Yeah, there are some things that are a little different than the first video that came out. So it looks like they. So he, there's this whole long thing. It's like a whole. It's a whole big thing. The the kids had gotten into basically like a screaming match with the black Israelites. Which, okay. if you know who the black yeah. is, if you live in New York or DC and you've oh seen boy. the black Israelites, they're people who stand on the street and scream uh, things at people. They're an antagonistic group. Uh, largely, people just ignore them. Yeah. They were at the Lincoln Memorial while these these kids were standing there. They got into like a, a screaming match with the black Israelites. Nathan Phillips, who was there for the uh, Indigenous People's March, uh, so sort of walked up to the group of kids. He was trying to diffuse the situation sure. between the two. So he walks up to the kids. He's he's banging his drum, you know, uh, you know, say, singing traditional songs, that type of thing. He walks up to the kids. Uh, the kids don't move. They and then they sort of just like stand there. And so, the, my point saying all that is that like a lot of people, what happened is like. As as more videos came out, a lot of people have used this thing of like, oh, he walked up to, to them as like evidence that he was he the was antagonizer. The aggressor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so but here's my point is that it doesn't matter if he walked up to them to them or not. When he walked up to them and he was playing his drum and singing traditional songs and stuff, there are multiple videos where you see like all of these kids like 
jumping around, laughing at him, Mm -hmm. like just really like openly mocking him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my point to people has been like, you know, if I'm walking down the street in New York and a homeless guy walks up to me and starts like singing in my face or something, if I like laugh at him and mock him, I'm the asshole. Absolutely. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter who initiates that kind of, it's like, I'm the asshole if I do that. Also, y'all are the ones who rolled in wearing MAGA hats. Exactly. What do you think that symbolizes? (laughs) Exactly. What do you think that dumb hat means? Yeah, exactly. You're fascist. Right. You're tiny fascist. Right, exactly. And I don't give a fuck if you're tiny fascist because your parents are fascist and popped you out, you know, like I I, when was the moment you determined your own thoughts and beliefs? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like at that age, I still knew being a fucking fascist was wrong. Well, there's. Yeah. uh, Yeah. My favorite like right wing talking point about this has been like, you know, people are sort of like. People like my my favorite thing is like they they've said like oh these teenagers wearing maga hats like they don't wear them because they they don't know what it means or whatever it's like yeah they do they have to <laughs> they absolutely they know what it what, means what what else what other possible reason could they be wearing it for i mean if you had any doubt the fact that you're chanting chanting build the wall to a native american yeah what the wall symbolizes to you is get the browns out. Mm-hmm. And you don't care who the browns are, if they're Mexican yeah. or Native American. Yeah. In that moment, you're being your fascist, your true fascist self. Yeah. So the other aspect of this I wanted to talk about, obviously, is Savannah Guthrie in the Today Show having um, Nick Sandman on, who is the kid uh, described as having a very punchable face. Yeah. He's the one who was screen grabbed the, mo- the most smirking at. Yeah, he sort of like stood in front of Nathan Phillips and kind of just defiantly, stood there. Yeah. yeah. So and he looks exactly as you're imagining Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so savannah guthrie and the today show were really really criticized for having him on because obviously this is a classic example of platforming a fascist when you should not platform a fascist yeah yeah. and then they kind of did this weird thing that at first i thought so i tweeted savannah guthrie in the today show and i was like you should have nathan phillips on in order to balance that if you're gonna have nick sandman on but then they did that, and it almost seemed like they were like, it was it was worse because it was like a false equivalency thing where they're like, yeah. here are two valid viewpoints, right, right. and we're gonna hear from both of them. And then of course, like you can set your watch to this shit. The New York Post uh, put out a story about how. Uh, Nathan Phillips has a sketchy history, but the story in his past, like his police record, is he got caught for drinking underage. Yeah. So as somebody pointed out on Twitter, and I'm spacing on who said it, I'm sorry, I wish I could credit you. Um, so when Nathan Phillips was a kid and he committed a crime, right. it's unforgivable. Right. But, you know, like these little kids, uh, well, I mean, I don't know how old they are. Teenagers, high school, like sixteen. Uh, teenagers, yeah. when they do shit, it's like, well, boys will be boys. You can't hold them right, accountable. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I think like the stuff about Nathan Phillips, like, you know, I've read like um, that. Uh, you know, he claimed to be a Vietnam veteran, but that turns out to not be true. Uh, okay. None of that has anything to do with what happened. Yeah, in that moment... None of, none of that stuff of, uh, about his history has anything to do with what happened no. at the Lincoln Memorial. In that moment, it was a bunch of white kids wearing MAGA hats who saw a brown person 
and they did what they did. That's yeah. nobody knew each other. Nobody had any information about no. police records no. or service records. No, none of that has anything to do with what happened. You yeah. know, and it's just you know, it's the same thing they do with like every time like a black kid's killed by the police. You know, they mm-hmm. try to go into their history as if that's somehow proof of what happened you right know? right um and it's just so stupid i mean like it's, it has nothing to do with what happened and you know and, and in terms of what did happen you know it's just like there, there are certain things about the story that are uh that are undisputable and when you look at the video it's like yeah there's a bunch of kids jumping around mo- openly mocking this native american mm-hmm. elder you know uh, you know like giving him tomahawk, you know, doing the tomahawk chop to him and like, you know, yelling and screaming to, you know, to the beat of his drum. And it's like, they're openly mocking him. That's right. undisputable regardless of who started the situation or who did it. It's like, you know, like I said, like I was, like I was saying earlier, like it doesn't matter who instigates the situation. All they had to do was not engage. You know, if really like their point is like, he came up to them and he was the aggressor. Even if, if, if that's their point, like then all they had to do was not engage with him. All they had to do was move out of the way and let him keep walking, and like nothing would have, like none of this would have happened if that's their, if that's their case, you right. know. That's so. Yeah. Uh, and then Sarah Huckabee Sanders came out and said, "I've never seen people so happy to destroy a kid's life." Oh, that's so fucking bullshit. Did you see it? David Hogg respond? No. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't he was see. Like, it. Really? <laughs> well, it's like yeah. There's David Hogg. There's also like, uh, you know. Uh, I mean, just like these people openly just talk shit about Trayvon Martin and yeah. and Michael Brown oh, and but, like um, all the, like black ple- black people are never children. Right? Did you know yeah. that they're yeah, all right, born right. Uh, adults? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, they don't have a child. Right. Yeah. So uh, you can shoot them on sight. Yeah, it's just so so weird to see these people like you know fucking been. I mean, again, I, I have to reiterate. So p- in case there's any new people, I listen to a lot of conservative media because I'm a masochist, but I uh, like. Ben Shapiro has been going off about the story. I mean, just on just going off his rocker about the story. And like he has openly said that Trayvon Martin deserved to die. Yeah. You know, that's like that's one of his like prime positions is that Trayvon Martin deserved to die. And then he's talking just like about people destroying these kids lives. Yeah. It's just like, what are you talking about? Like Trayvon Martin literally had his life destroyed just say what you mean white republican children's right exactly yeah uh so are you cool doing a little longer episode because there's a couple stories i really want to get to we're definitely going to go over so it's a weekly show now we can go over i know a lot happened this week so i want to get to everything so i wanted to talk about the supreme court um the supreme court's order on the transgender ban in uh the military um So on Tuesday, the Supreme Court issued an order temporarily allowing Trump's totally stupid ban on transgender people serving in the military to go into effect while the lower courts work through the case. So it sort of seemed like they were trying to kick the can down the road a little bit. Yeah. But also, um, they're the Supreme Court, so their decisions matter and affect millions of people's lives. Mm -hmm. So this is obviously... um, horrible and discriminatory and i don't know how it's legal uh yeah i don't know i i don't know military law when it comes to stuff like that because it's you know um that's why i brought you on this uh, show sorry i thought you were an expert i'm in sorry i have law. stolen valor 
um, and claim to be a military expert. Uh, turns out I'm not. Wow. I'm sorry about that. Fraud. Hashtag um, fraud. I think like, I don't know. I mean, it's just this weird. The military is such like just like this weird place in in American law because it's like it's 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 a federal entity, but it's also like the president is the commander in chief, mm-hmm. so by and large can do a lot of stuff on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, it's bad, you know that they're you know I just find it so interesting that like you know they'll in the same breath people will talk about like how less people are serving in the military and they're worried about this and then they're like trying to actively stop people from serving the military. People who want to serve in the military. not only that, but like if I was in the military, I would be pissed that suddenly I also now apparently have to be the gender police. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Because it's bad enough you're doing it to transgender people, right? But like what about gender queer people? Like suddenly you have to like, are they going to have like... um, like a gender spectrum and they'll have to like move a ruler, you know, where they're like, are you You're cis right. enough? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I don't, it's weird to me where it's like, it just, yeah, it seems very strange. It seems like the one type of organization where you should be very cut and dry. Like I feel, you know, the same way I feel about like the laws against like, uh, like women serving on the front lines and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's like, it should be very objective. Like just, can you do it or not? Yeah. You know, it's like there, there's a set of standards that you have to meet. It's like either do it or don't. Right. That should really be the only when you're dealing with something like like the military, it should just be like, yeah, can you do it or not? It's frustrating because, yeah, you're right. That that should be the standard. But it's so obviously just like a red meat thing. Yeah. That of Trump is throwing his base because it's like. Do transgender people compromise the integrity of the U.S. military? No. Of course not. Any sane person would quickly give you that answer. Yeah. But Trump knows it whips his base up into a frenzy because they're fucking transphobes, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's, you know, I, I hate to say it. Like, it's just like the people that it's going to affect are people that by and large, a lot of people do not care about. Yes. Which is uh, disheartening. I also think transgender people have become a symbol to the right of like the country changing in a scary way they yeah, don't understand. Totally, yeah. And yeah, they're yeah. like, look at these crazy liberals. Oh well that's oh yeah. Well I was gonna say that's when so when the when he was first uh proposing this this transgender ban, this is the line that the conservative media always uses is that they say we shouldn't let our military be like a, a social experiment. What is this, San Francisco? <laughs> you know, yeah, they're like, yeah, we shouldn't be we shouldn't be doing social experiments in the military. It's like, well, up until now, nobody gave a shit. Right. Like, also, it, like they, it wasn't a problem in the military. They behave now. as though uh, being transgender is new. Right. Like it's a new thing liberals came up with. Yeah. Like Nancy Pelosi got bored. Right. She was like, what if we had a thing <laughs> called being transgender? Yeah. Transgender people have always been among us. And they've been in the military and they've served in all of the wars. They've been everywhere. Like you've met a bunch of transgender yeah. people uh, no matter where you live. Uh, and you weren't aware of it. And they probably didn't feel safe enough expressing it to you. Yeah, yeah. But Transgender people have always been among us. Yeah, exactly. The same yeah. way gay people have always <laughs> been among us. And bi people and, and all different kinds of people. Just because you're not aware of it doesn't mean it didn't exist beforehand. But it seems like a lot of conservatives think like, oh, this is the new fad that liberals yeah. have concocted. Right. Yeah. It's also funny to me that like they'll be like, you know, oh, it creates problems because, mm. you know, if you're 
if you're overseas and you have to like keep the sexes separate what it well, you know that that was always the thing about like gay you know gay troops or like women serving with men mm-hmm. is like oh what's gonna happen when they're overseas and they're in confined quarters with each other and it's like like you guys see all these problems but not like that there like there's an epidemic of sexual assault in the military. Well, that's the thing. You know, Usually, like, when they're they're describing a nightmare scenario like that, what they're conceding is that um, straight men are awful <laughs> yeah. and not to be trusted, uh-huh, yeah. and they have to be watched very right, closely because yeah, yeah, yeah. they will try to rape everything. Right, right. Um, so in that case, it's like okay, let's ban cis straight men from <laughs> the military <laughs> right, yeah, and yeah, just yeah. have like transgender people who aren't mm-hmm. hurting anybody, right? Uh, and women, <laughs> and it'll be fine. What I also find very interesting is a lot of the same people that will be like you know uh gay people shouldn't serve in the military or transgender people shouldn't serve in the military also like fervent supporters of israel who have mandatory service for every citizen Good point Good it's point. like okay so transgender people in israel can serve in the idf which is a brutal military like mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. okay for them to serve in the idf but not for the american military i don't understand that logic either nor do i so I also wanted to talk about, I didn't know where to put this story, but I put it in the bad news section because I feel like the conversation around 2020 is already so dumb. <laughs> Kamala Harris announced that she's running everybody for president. Uh, by my count, there's now a uh, hundred people running for president. Yeah. And like, it is exciting because a lot of women are running for president and that's cool. And listen, I know I said on this very show That if the Democrats didn't pick a nominee who's a person of color, it's suicidal. Yeah. But I didn't mean Kamala Harris, everybody. (laughs) She's a cop. Yeah. No. Uh, I mean, in case you don't know who Kamala Harris is, uh, she's a prosecutor. She loves putting people in jail. That's her whole uh, track record. She was like, and not just that she was a prosecutor. She was like a particularly pretty brutal prosecutor. She's a vicious prosecutor. Um, Is that the person we want representing the Democrat Party? Uh, But then, you know, people are very excited because she's a woman of color, and um, that would be a first for the Democratic Party. We have never had a lady president. We are well past the time where we should have one. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. But it also matters who the lady president is, everybody. of course. And it's already, like, I already have friends that are like, if I see anybody saying anything bad about Kamala, I'm going to block them. And I'm like, oh, God. It's like, this conversation's already so dumb. Yeah. So dumb. And I know pointing out her track record as a prosecutor does not matter to those people because they're like, but she's a black lady. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) yes, but. But it has to matter. Like, can we get Stacey Abrams to run? That would be great. I like Stacey Abrams. She hasn't been locking up people her whole fucking political career. Yeah. Like, why doesn't that matter to you? How many people of color's lives did Kamala Harris destroy? So many. So many. That should matter, right? right? Yeah, yeah. But once again, we're having like the dumbest possible conversation yeah this premiere season is going to be real awful i might delete my twitter account (laughs) i might try to get ahead of it everybody guys oh sorry oh no i just it's gonna suck it's gonna (laughs) suck guys on that note here's your good news So, speaking of actual consequences for sexual predators, uh, Sony reportedly is parting ways with R. Kelly, which is good. Finally, finally parting ways with him. Also, 
R. Kelly's ex-manager so was accused of terroristic threats, turned himself in. Wow. Uh, Henry James Mason is the former manager of R. Kelly. Uh, He was accused of making terroristic threats to the family of Jocelyn Savage, one of the women featured in the Lifetime docuseries Surviving R. Kelly, turned himself into the police. uh, And that news comes just weeks after CNN reported that an arrest warrant was issued against Mason last summer. Jesus Christ. So it seems like R. Kelly's world is falling apart. Yeah, and I think also, I don't remember if we talked about it last week, I think after after the documentary came out, the police in Georgia reopened investigation yes. into him. So it seems like surviving R. Kelly really ignited momentum behind yeah hopefully like brian singer finally bringing down r kelly what channel did that come out on was that a lifetime that was lifetime wow but Look at lifetime just going for it but they shopped it around a lot yeah and lifetime was i think one of the only places that was like we'll run it i would be so happy if lifetime was like the thing that brought down r kelly that would be so That'd sick be so cool that's kind of how i felt about like the the which now i guess it's in a little bit of trouble but there was a the Jason Leopold piece about Michael Cohen, mm-hmm. about Trump telling Michael Cohen to lie. Mm-hmm. And there was like, it was in BuzzFeed. And I, I know there's since been some issues, but like, I was just, when it first came out, I With was the like. the reporting? Well, Mu- uh, M- M- Mueller? Mueller? We've had this conversation Mueller. before. I would say Mueller because I feel dumb saying Mueller. <laughs> yeah. Like, that but, can't be a name. But right after, I mean, like, literally, like, the next morning, Mueller himself came out and said that the reporting was not true. Not true. Yeah. Um, or it was kind of his, yeah. I mean, basically, he said that his his uh, probe is not, uh, does not fi- have the same findings as their reporting or something like that. It was sure. like a little vague, but like basically it was like, mm, this report is not Oh, accurate. that's why everybody was tweeting like, if we're going to start to persecute journalists for making mistakes, yeah, then yeah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Listen, so sometimes you get information and you report on it. And but it also like, turns out not to I mean, true. I think like, I th- honestly, I think like, I think the editor of, of BuzzFeed uh, standing by Leopold and they're standing by the reporting. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes you get information yeah. and you accurately report on the information right. you got. Yeah. And then something and then in the back channel yeah. turns. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, my point was just that, like, when, when it first came out, I was like, if can you imagine what it would be like if BuzzFeed was the organization that brought down a president? Well, maybe they would have if they didn't fucking fire everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they so would have. Yeah. So many layoffs, everyone. We're not in the bad news section. Um, <laughs> so I also wanted to talk about this gamer live streaming Donkey Kong. Uh, they did a marathon of playing Donkey Kong where they raised over $340,000 for transgender youth. Youths. Youths. Um, <laughs> British gamer Harry Brewis. Uh, told his YouTube followers as a kid he never actually finished Donkey Kong 64, and he's held a grudge ever since. So he decided it was time for a rematch. On Friday, he kicked off the Donkey Kong 64 nightmare stream, (laughs) what would become 58 hours of live streaming on Twitch. Wow. Uh, So the reason this, like, got extra publicity is because... Okay. So... uh, he raised $3,000 for UK-based trans youth charity Mermaids, right? Yeah. So Mermaids is now, they're having their funding reviewed 
because fucking Graham Lyman, <sighs> who, if you, you don't know who he I is, he's Glinner on Twitter. He, he's, he used to be a writer for Father Ted, urged people on UK website Mumpsnet to complain in mass to the lottery oh, fund. Oh, are you fucking kidding me? I don't know what. So here's the thing. I used to follow Glinner. He used to follow me. I remember him not being insane. He's gone off the deep end. And he's fixated on transgender people. Yeah. So his whole thing is he views transgender organizations as these evil entities that are trying to force feed dangerous medication or like hormones to unsuspecting teens. Yeah. I mean, uh, from all other uh, uh, appearances, Graham Lineman's like a fairly like I guess like a you know he's like a writer artistly type you know liberal I think what happens is he's like real entrenched with like radical feminists turfs yeah yeah I think he's like he's like in there with turfs like yeah. basically and that's his whole that's his whole Twitter now it's, it's just wild. like screaming about because I unfollowed people. him a while ago for a different reason I forget why I think he and I went at it about something and I was like all right I'm unfollowing you and then I forgot he was a person. Yeah. And then I saw people freaking out about him. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? And I was like, oh, my God. I had no idea he had gone that off the rails. That's all he does now. Have you seen his timeline lately? Yeah. He is fucking obsessed with transgender people. Yeah. Um, by the way, no one's force forcing hormones on children. It is so fucking hard to get hormone therapy mm -hmm. you have to clear so many hurdles it's a lot, you yeah. have to see so many therapists mm -hmm. you have to wait so fucking long like talk yeah. to a transgender person who's actually gone through it right they are not rushing it it takes so long yeah oh it drives me nuts like educate yourself before you say that mm -hmm. fucking horse shit so whenever i read stories like this though like this guy streamed donkey kong <laughs> and like raised three hundred forty thousand dollars i'm like i i played Donkey Kong 64, and I got nothing. <laughs> I just wasted a lot Eric, of my youth. Are you comparing yourself to transgender youths who need help? No, I'm just saying, like, this guy did something cool and raised a lot of money. Oh, I just wasted like, my whole youth. You could have applied yourself. Yeah, I just played these video games for free in, and just wasted my summer. In your defense and in my defense and in all of our defenses, <laughs> the internet did not exist when we were kids. <laughs> yeah. So we couldn't do shit. Like, like, how would you have done that with your resources? I don't know. It just feels bad. <laughs> it just feels bad. Um. So also in good news... Uh, Iowa's fetal heartbeat law has been deemed unconstitutional. Uh, an Iowa judge ruled Tuesday that the law, which was the most restrictive ban on abortion in the U.S., violated the state's constitution. The law prohibits abortion once a fetal heartbeat is detected, often as early as six weeks, which, by the way, uh, lots of people don't know they're, they're pregnant that early. Yep. It was passed by Iowa's Republican-controlled legislature in May 2018. Uh, so, yeah, this is great news. That's great. And related to that is that, you know, uh, New York just passed very uh, one of the maybe the the most comprehensive um, pro-abortion yes. legislation. Uh, what it says is if Roe v. Wade is overturned, women in New York will still be protected and have access to abortion. Yes. It's which is huge. It's great. Um, it's very expansive. Mm -hmm. um, and they take out a lot of um, a lot of like weird legal loopholes where like doctors could be criminalized for performing abortions. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of that language has been taken out of the penal code so that even if there's like these weird tricks where like, you know, you know, like 
a lot of ways they're going to try to get around Roe v. Wade is not by dismantling Roe v. Wade, but by using regu- like legal regulations um, to restrict access. And like this New York law is just is just dismantling all of those. Yeah, I mean, now obviously what's really scary about the idea of Roe v. Wade being overturned isn't that women in New York won't have access to abortions anymore. Of course, anymore. of course, of course. It's, it's you know, uh, my, people in red states won't have right, access. Right, yeah. I mean, my hope is that, I mean, granted, a red state's a red state, none of them, but my hope is that more states will look to New York and, like, try to pass these types of state bills where, mm-hmm. like, yeah, like, we wouldn't, ostensibly you wouldn't need Roe v. Wade to rely on it now of course right. like i said that doesn't apply to red states because they're not no red states ever going to copy the new york law but there's hope for that kind of stuff right and like listen you're never going to stop abortion my hope is that there will always be a network of people helping each other we're like m- transporting people across state lines yeah, so they yeah, can get yeah. abortion but you don't want to have to get there of course of because course, um course. that's a nightmare situation. Right, of course. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. so many people already have to do that, travel hundreds right. of miles to get an abortion. Yep. Um, but yeah, you're, you're never going to stop it. Yeah. Never going to stop it. No, I mean, it exists. Can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> abortion factory. <laughs> uh, uh, we have fun. Yep. Guys, please follow Eric on Twitter at E-R-E-K underscore Smith. That's me. Why not head over to my Patreon right now? Patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. Sign up at the $5 a month level to send those sweet, sweet light trees and news questions. Uh, $10 a month to do that sweet ass online hangout. And you get to send questions. My God. What a deal. Uh, I don't even mention it because it's almost uh, too juicy. $50 a month you get handwritten letters from me. Yeah. And (laughs) all the other stuff. Do you still send Charles pictures even though you live together now? Yeah, so I... Oh, the door's closed. But I fold them and I leave them on the ledge (laughs) down... (laughs) He has to go downstairs and there's Uh a ledge right by the stairs. And I... Uh, I write in beautiful calligraphy, yep. uh, Mr. Charles Rockhill, mm-hmm. and I fold it and I put it on. And I don't know, like they occasionally disappear, yeah. but he leaves them there so long. <laughs> I'm like, does he like see them and then, and then just put, put them back? back? Yeah. I've never asked him. Yeah. <laughs> I like to not know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, please um, do that. If you have any thoughts about today's episode or if you want to yell at Eric, I get it. Yeah, you should. You Hashtag. could yell at me. Oh, I was going to, can I plug something real yeah, quick? Yeah, yeah, You can yell at me in person if you want. Oh, wow. Uh, tomorrow, Saturday, mm-hmm. I'm playing at the Gramercy Theater if you're in the New York area. Oh, wait, you just reminded me. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm glad you plugged that. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I'm playing uh, at the Gramercy Theater. My, my band is opening up for this guy named Tommy London, so we'll be at the Gramercy Theater Saturday. Very cool. I wanted to shout out someone. Oh, damn it. Oh, no. Um, so, Light Treasoner. What is the name Light of my Treasoner. show? <laughs> Light Treason News listeners. I combined Light Treason News and, and listeners. Listener. Mm-hmm. Light Treasoners. Um, <laughs> That's a good name. Light Treasoners. <laughs> <laughs> came to uh, our hot goss. Um, I heard about this. I wasn't there, unfortunately, yeah. but I heard about this. So, oh no, did I lose? Oh my god, I feel so bad. Uh, damn it! All right, well, I forgot who you were. Hey, hit us up on Twitter if you came to our improv show that I was not at. They wrote me too, like, "Hey, the show was great." Oh, that's awesome. Uh, it was so nice that you came, and yeah, our uh, indie improv team, Trash, does. Shows every third Friday at Under St. Mark's Theater. 
I'll be at the next one. Eric will actually be I'll there. I'll be there. I've been going crazy. I had to miss it because I'm again because my band is getting ready for the show we have tomorrow. So I, I had to like basically stop everything and like get ready for this show. But I'll be back for February. It was a good show. It was packed. It looked awesome. Yeah. So uh, check that out. It's a good time. And yeah, thanks for listening. If you had any thoughts about the show, hashtag Light Trees and Pod guys thanks so much for listening and while you're at it get out there and cause a little trouble <laughs>